0: that's right ladies and gentlemen it is commissioner cooper tonight we take a step back from the glitz and the glam and the high energy uh and the fun and we take a look at uh what happened unfortunately last night um to demar hamlin very sad news indeed we're going to talk to our medical expert um and we're going to talk about what we can do as fantasy managers going forward so let's get it started three
1: two one that's right ladies and gentlemen
0: it is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it is
1: Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. And you just jumped. That
2: Yeah!
0: Welcome in, everyone. We appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. Again, wish we had a little more fun to bring you tonight, but we have some course, somber news from last night, and we got to start moving the conversation forward as well. So let's get the introduction started. Welcome into the studio, Justin Jesus Herrera.
3: Yeah, rough night last night. Um, Prayers definitely to the family. Um, Hope is getting, it's getting better. And, you know, I'm not going to do a bunch of plugs on this one, just sending my prayers to the family of Damar Hamlin and Damar Hamlin himself.
0: Absolutely, indeed. Welcome into the studio, Nick. you got Flandern Macaronis.
1: Yeah, I just uh, want to second what uh, Justin had said, and we want to get into all the medical aspects and, of course, all the fantasy, and then we're going to give our advice uh, what you should do going going forward. So without further ado, uh, let's uh, begin the show
0: yep and a great segue into that medical expert advice welcome into the studio brian scott our medical expert uh from our sunday morning wake up show welcome into the studio my friend
2: hey guys thanks for having me
0: certainly glad to have you here so again bringing up last night um you know we all saw what happened all of us were in great anticipation for last night not only just for the fantasy aspects a lot of fantasy championships on the line but just in football in general great football game i think we've heard it all day what a great atmosphere it was i mean everyone was excited even my wife was like you know it's okay you don't have to put it on the second tv we can watch it on the big tv today so it was great uh we were all excited and then of course the tragedy um that happened right after so getting into that aspect of it i just wanted to kick around your thoughts on you know as you watched it as it transpired i know we've kind of heard this all day but we might as well just go around to us get our aspect of it um justin your thoughts on what you saw last
3: night uh it was scary man it was uh one of those things where you didn't think the hit was you know one of those hits where we're going to keep somebody down and then you realize what actually happened and you're like oh shit and then it was right around the time when the announcers put on that they were doing cpr that you were really like oh shit like what what's going on here and you know it just kind of stockpiled afterwards and you know after about after you see a guy down and you know the ambulance come in it's just time to call the game and I'm surprised it took them that long I mean nobody's really in the mood for a game after that you know everybody's kind of in shock and everybody you know the players were in no mood for the game they were just worried about their buddies so you know the fans we should be just as much worried about you know, DeMar Hamlin and stuff. So the NFL waited way too long, in my opinion, to just call that game. It was obvious they weren't going to get the game. and It was obvious that if they were going to try and make it happen, I think the players would have probably walked off. So, yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling about it. I, I didn't want to see it after about five minutes of him, him
0: being down. I was more concerned about him at that point. Unprecedented um, is an understatement, but scary seems a little more apropos from what um, I watched last night from my vantage point. It was pretty much I found myself covering my mouth with my hands moment, almost as if you're watching a, a national a disaster unfold right in front of you. Um, I know it's not not to make light of that, but it was just crazy scene. And I just could not believe what we were watching. Kind of the same aspect that we thought. And I hate to normalize a, a neck injury, but that was kind of like what I was thinking. Of course, like it must be something like that at, at first. And they start showing the replay, and then you're like, "Oh goodness!" Like this is a lot worse than what we thought. Um, Nick, your thoughts, sir?
1: Yeah, uh, just going through a whole boatload of emotions watching it. You know, to the to the naked un, untrained eye, you just thought it was a it was a normal hit. I kind of likened it back to uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. when when he died at, at Daytona, um, it just looked like a normal play, a normal car accident. And then it turned out to be something much, much more more serious. And then, of course, you go into the what ifs. Uh, there's like a thousand different ways you can go with this. You know, uh, you know talking to people, what if he's had an underlying condition and this hit brought it to light? Uh, we don't know what's going on. I think uh, you had spoke about being unprecedented I think the reason why the NFL did take so long uh, is because it is unprecedented what what do we do what you know I've everyone's heard the same things over and over again you think of these NFL players the these athletes as as just uh, superhuman you just go out and play shut up and throw for the ball type but I mean they are actual people they have they have emotions Uh, so it was like you were uh, paralysis by analysis. What do we do? And I actually take my hat off to both coaches conferring and saying, "Look, we're going to take this in the locker room." And then, pretty much at that point, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, there's just there's just so much so much logistics involved. You just it's it's easy for us to sit back, armchair quarterbacks, and say, "Okay, call the game, call the game." Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Now they have to not only the the health and safety of the players. Uh Damar himself, his his family, you have to give uh reverence and respect to that. And you also have to I hate to say it, but you have to when you're in a multi billion dollar business, you have to think think about what happens next. I mean, you know, my wife says, you know, uh, you know, people that work work too hard, if she says so, oh, if if you die, they they're gonna replace you in two weeks. You have to move on so there are steps going forward that need to be brought about and it just sucks that you have to think about that the whole world just can't stop because of this one incident and of course how many players are maybe may take take a pause and say i don't want to play anymore so that's something else to to get into as well but yeah um whole lots of emotions first and foremost health safety and now it's time for the nfl to step up and say okay We really do care about our players, and now now we're going to show it.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more. Obviously, it's going to lean into Brian, but as the conversation gets closer, don't let me forget to bring this up. I felt like this season, out of all, we've seen a lot of crazy big brain injuries and more and cardiovascular type injuries more than ever um, it just seems so strange to me and, and then the emphasis being on safety as it is so it's very strange anomaly um, but maybe with something we could bring up Brian uh, thanks so much for coming in wanted to bring you in, get your unique and of course obviously expert um, analysis on what happened with him
2: sure well uh i mean there's a lot to unpack here um i can spend hours talking about this topic um and this specific event and uh there's a a a many different avenues we can take to talk about all kinds of things from what may have happened to what did happen to where we go from here um but i think the reason that you brought me on uh coop and why what a lot of people want to hear right now is what transpired and what do we do now um, and basically what transpired was uh, Hamlin went into cardiac arrest for reasons that I don't necessarily know anyone can really say for sure why. Um, sudden cardiac arrest in sports, in athletics, is very rare. What I can tell you is that if it's something like this happens in the general public, um, nine times out of ten, that person is not getting to the hospital with a heartbeat so the fact that this happened um on a nationally televised football show uh football program in the nfl um that's why he was able to be resuscitated stabilized and transported to the hospital where he's now currently in critical condition on a ventilator um and basically still alive um so kudos to the medical staff and the healthcare professionals that are on the sideline every weekend with every team um that's what I used to do. I used to be an athletic trainer. I used to be on the sideline. I I was blessed to not ever have to encounter this during my athletic training career or even um, my career now as a physician assistant. Um, I do know people firsthand, though, who've had to deal with this, who've had to resuscitate athletes, even uh, a couple of instances where it was coaches or parents in the stands who went into cardiac arrest all of a sudden. And there's been plenty of examples of this in the world of sport. Just two years ago, Jay Bowmeister, um, a player for the St. Louis Blues, went into cardiac arrest on the bench shortly after coming off the ice um, during a normal routine shift where he basically had no traumatic event, no contact, no hit, no nothing. And um, there was a collegiate basketball player. I forget which team he played for, but they were playing at NC State up in Raleigh where he went into cardiac arrest on the bench and was resuscitated by the emergency staff um, in Raleigh. Uh, at NC State. So both players made it out okay. Um, I, not to plug myself, but I did do a podcast episode where I talked about sudden cardiac arrest in sports back in 2020. And I used those two stories as an example. And I also used the story of a professional uh, international rugby player who not only um, was that, but he's also a colleague of mine and happens to be an athletic trainer himself. And he had this happen to him in his post-playing days um 30 something year old strapping young guy super athletic super healthy and he went into sudden cardiac arrest and lived to tell about it um so if you want to get a little bit more information that we might not cover here take a listen to those episodes it's a really good story it's a positive story it'll give you some light at the end of the tunnel in regards to this current situation but why he went into cardiac arrest we don't know a lot of people are chalking it up to the hit, saying that he had contact directly to the chest there is a condition called comodial cordis where with direct blunt force trauma to the chest, it can cause you to go into cardiac arrest. This happens very rarely. There have been some documented cases of this. One that I particularly am aware of happened um, years ago when I was actually in high school. Um, It happened to a collegiate lacrosse player back in New York where I'm from originally. And that's been a a well-known documented case of that. That essentially Um, is such a rare phenomenon because the impact has to happen at a specific moment in time during the cardiac cycle when the heart is actually beating. And it has to happen within a split hair second of that time. Otherwise, it doesn't cause any problem. And so it's hard to say for sure whether that was the case here. I mean, the the hit didn't look that terrible from what we could see on replay. Yeah, he got a little bit of the impact to, to the chest, but... You could probably say it got some of his shoulder, some of his face mask at the same time. Now, there's going to be some theories about maybe there was some underlying cardiac pathology, and that might actually be more likely, but we won't know that until they're able to undergo more testing and do some you know, things to look into that. Um, that was the case in some of the other examples I gave. Those pr- particular players, athletes had some underlying cardiac pathology. One of the ones we've been hearing a lot about lately is myocarditis because that's been associated with people who've had covid19 um and what that essentially is your heart tissue the muscle tissue of the heart develops inflammation which then leads to fibrosis which is scarring of the heart tissue which then causes the heart to not beat the way it's supposed to because of the fibrosis interferes with the electrical impulses so that can lead to arrhythmias or abnormal heart rhythms which can then predispose you to going into cardiac arrest. So there's a myriad of things that can cause it. The hit may have just been the trigger. But it's really too early to speculate on all that. And that's been the thing that really kind of drives me a little bit nuts is because everyone's speculating, oh, it was comordial cordis, it was this, it was that. We don't know, and we may never know. But the main thing is he was resuscitated, he stabilized. Uh, CNN just put out a report about an hour ago That said his uncle was outside talking to reporters and basically said that he was now stabilized in a coma, intubated on a ventilator in the prone position, which means he's basically lying belly down. And that's something that a lot of people are now aware of because they were doing that for a lot of covid patients because it took pressure off of the lung and the heart because it put in a different position than lying on your back. Um. In the example I gave of the professional rugby player who I know and, and was treated for this, he was placed on what's called ECMO, which is a type of ventilator-assisted breathing device, which is stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. So what it does is it takes the blood out of your body, oxygenates it, takes the CO2, puts it in there where at the levels it should be, and then it recirculates it back into your body so that you can get all the oxygenated blood to your organs. Because right now, the vital thing is his organs his brain function, his lung function, the heart itself, liver, kidneys, all those things need to be functioning in order for him to make it out of this. And the risk when you're in cardiac arrest is that the more time you're in a cardiac arrest state, the less time you have oxygenated blood circulating to those vital organs. And that's why cardiac arrest is such a big deal. And that's why it's so important that people learn CPR, that people initiate it right away chest compressions are the thing that helps keep that blood circulating. The AED doesn't do that. The AED simply resets the electrical pathway of the heart. So people are always like, oh, the AED, the AED saved him. No, the AED didn't save him. The AED just kind of hit the reset button, the staff doing the CPR and getting him hooked up and stabilized is what saved him. So, you know, I just wanted to dispel some of the myths, some of the stuff you're hearing um, and give credit where credit's due. And also, you know, he's not out of the woods yet. I mean. We don't know what, if any brain function he will have left. We don't know what was damaged because of the amount of time he spent in cardiac arrest. We don't really even know how much of that time he was in cardiac arrest. It's possible that they revived him right away, but it took 10, 15, 20 minutes to stabilize him before they could get him onto the rig to get him to the hospital. Now, the uncle was saying that he made it to the hospital and then had to be revived again, and that's very possible too because as long as your heart is within that abnormal rhythm— if they can't be reset, um, it's not gonna stay there. And so a lot of times you will see that, that when pa- patients go into cardiac arrest, they might be resuscitated relatively quickly, but then they may relapse back into cardiac arrest later on. So that's why it's so vital to get them stable and then transported immediately to a more advanced care facility. So, um, you know, there's a lot, like I said, to unpack, but that's kind of just the gist of it. Um, um, I'm here for you guys to answer questions, to kind of clear things up and your fans as well. Um, you know, it's it's encouraging to hear that he's stable on the ventilator. One thing I will say is that um, if he is on ECMO, uh, I've seen that work miracles. Um, you know, the younger, healthier patients, like a 24-year-old professional football player, um, they definitely have a better chance making it out of this than probably all four people sitting on this panel here right now. So... Um, that's a good thing, I guess. And, uh, you know, we'll be praying for him and hoping hopefully he comes out of this.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Bri, for that. Um, you know, again, like you said, a lot to unpack there. You mentioned um, about the speculation. And so it's ironic that you brought up um, the condition that you brought up. I forget the name of it, but my Comordial wife. <laughs> thank you. My wife literally like was the first thing she said last night. She went and started. She's a research junkie. So immediately she's researching and she she shows this to me. Um, about that. And it, and like you said, it was, you know, it all has to be timed at the right second. You know, and it, and if that if that is the case, then that may be the reason why, you know, again, unprecedented um, for that to happen. But again, like you said, maybe something more underlining things of that either way, you know, we hope the best for him. Hope he's going to uh, come out of um, the coma that he's in with some good brain activity. Um, cause I know right now that's still in question for sure. Um, I'll kick it around. Nick, did you have uh, something you want to bring or a question you want to bring up to Brian? Uh, I
1: think he actually covered it and he actually brought more, more to light than, than I, than I had even, uh, thought of. And when he had mentioned about the COVID aspect, uh, I was trying to look up, but I didn't find out if he was in fact indeed. Uh, Contracted with uh, COVID, so so that could be some that could be something as well. And it's funny that because I mentioned to my wife earlier, um, even when players get traded, they have to go through a physical. and And there's been some players that have come out and said, "Hey, look, if I were not traded and I didn't have to take a physical, I would not ha- have known I have this condition." So you know, I people don't people sometimes they they got bravado and they say well i'm i don't if i if i feel well i'm i'm not going to go to the doctor and this this and that i'm a big believer in preventive medicine get your checkups when the doctor says hey come back in six months go it's not for them just to make money off the insurance and what have you it's for them to say hey we need there's some things here that we're that we're kind of unsure about come get checked out and even if not something might might pop up so again uh fantastic information again um you know now it's funny whenever there's a thing going on some major event everybody comes everyone becomes an expert on that subject overnight just by researching going on social media say well not so and so trust me if you really knew you would know so um it's good to have a medical expert on staff, so they can dispel any rumors or actually, uh, viewers type in questions. Call, um, see see what we have. I'm sure he's got plenty of answers for for you at this time. And, yeah, and I
2: don't want to trigger, you know, anti vaxxers and all these COVID people out there. I I I just wanted to point out that that's some of these things you're hearing about are some things that came to light because of COVID treatments and whatnot. I don't know his COVID status. This may have nothing to do with it. Um, the other thing I was going to say is. You know, there's plenty of athletes at, in this particular age group who have gone well into their athletic careers and have not been diagnosed with underlying heart problems because they're not always that apparent. And I can tell you, the rugby player who I had on my podcast was over in Europe. And in Europe, they do a battery of cardiologic tests on these athletes, especially in rugby, actually. We don't necessarily do a lot of that here unless there's a strong family history or a strong reason to. He had a battery of tests done throughout his playing days. And he, I think, retired probably with under 10 years before this all happened. And every cardiac exam, every test and study he had was completely normal. So we don't always know why these things occur. Sometimes it's post-viral. You can have like the flu or... Pneumonia or something like that, and you can develop these conditions. But again, it's so subtle or can often be missed or not picked up on exams. So, you know, it's, I don't want to go down this COVID rabbit hole, but it, it can certainly be related to illnesses and things like that that cause structural damage to the heart and go unnoticed. So, even though these guys are at a very high elite level, they have all this medical stuff at their um, fingertips, it, it's not always picked up.
0: Yeah. And a a lot of, you know, being on the clinical side as well. I do know that a lot of this stuff, I hate to even say sometimes a little bit of guesswork too. So quite frankly, even as, you know, Nick brought up, you know, he, the underlying condition and stuff that just happens also too in, in regular day life. Like how many times have you heard the, Oh, hey, you need to go get something checked out and you just happen to be there or something. And they, you know, you got some skin cancer you didn't know about, stuff like that. So I guess the uh, the bigger lesson from last night is life short. um, Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. um, And, you know, again, make sure that you're always watching out for one another Um, at the end of the day. That's all we really got. Um, Justin, anything else for Brian before we send him off?
3: not really appreciate you brian for coming on man you took us down a whole tutorial stuff that i had no idea of beforehand and you explained it really well and i'm definitely gonna be tuning into your podcast for more explanations and i'm going to catch that episode with the rugby player because that hits home
0: and, indeed and uh hopefully we'll get Brian to wake up with this one last time this weekend Um, And maybe we'll have some updates then. We can uh, talk about it then as well. Yeah,
2: for sure. I'd be happy to. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to rush to put out an episode. I don't like doing that without all the information. I know you're going to be seeing a ton of stuff out there about it. But I'm going to hold off um, just out of good faith and kind of wait and see what happens and how things play out. And I'll provide some information and updates and answer questions where and when necessary. But don't look for a new episode for me just because this happened. It's not what I do. It's not why I'm in it. Um, but I'll be happy to provide some updates and things and and to answer questions. So feel free to contact me at my social media
3: pages, guys. But but you said you already have an episode, right?
2: Well, that was a previous one I did in 2020. That was not one that's current, but it it all applies to what just happened. It's all discussing the same topic.
0: Certainly applies to what we have now. So definitely worth a listen. Make sure you go follow, subscribe, get all of Brian's great content, especially go check that out as well. Um, yeah, one- I'm,
2: I'm just not going to put out a new episode or just around this event just because it's so fresh. There's no reason to. I don't have all the information. Anything I talk about will be speculation. And we'll just be tying it back to the old episode that I did in 2020, which is pretty informative and 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 really provides a lot of great insight because I'm talking to somebody who survived something like this. Yeah. So, um, it, it, I can't do that any justice by doing another episode just for the sake of doing an episode.
0: Well, we appreciate that you do it that way, Brian. A lot of people aren't that way. Just kind of put out stuff out there as Nick alluded to a lot of people, a lot of experts all of a sudden who quote do their quote research, um, yeah. you know, Dr. Google, that type of thing, pretty much what we did last night. So <clears throat> anyway, do appreciate you. Um, another great note to uh, throw out there, his GoFundMe page right now, has hit $5 million. He had a goal, but I think it was $2,500. So that's amazing. Great job. Give me some faith in humanity. So go out there and give to his GoFundMe page, at the very least, uh, all looking out for him. Brian, appreciate you coming in tonight. Um, We're going to send you off with the little tribute we made for um, Jamar Hamlin today and put out on Twitter um, Then we're going to talk about um, what we should do going forward. Appreciate you, Brian. Thank you, guys. We the mafia. We the our We the prayers We the mafia. your the um, we are definitely here and We the for you mafia. praying for you uh, for your speedy recovery. and and for you for you we do, however, got to transition this conversation, and I know, and I brought this up earlier. A lot of the talking heads I've seen, there's a, uh, "Hey, your fantasy team doesn't matter," and this and that, and you, they're right at the end of the day. But there's a fine line between having compassion for a player and then uh, speaking the obvious and being real. Of course, it fucking matters. Excuse my French. All these, all this money, and all this. Um, stuff that's delegated and waiting to be distributed out to all these people. Of course, it matters. That definitely is a conversation to have. We definitely have to have empathy, but we have to also have this conversation of what are we going to do going forward and what is really the NFL is going to do going forward. So that's the first question I want to hit up to you guys. Let's put your commissioner shoes on. Pretend you are Roger Goodell right now, Justin. Justin, Commissioner Justin, what do you do as a league in regards to this particular game, um, and and just in in regards to the standings, um, not as a fantasy fantasy perspective, but more as the game how it affects the fantasy po- or the postseason, not fantasy. Sorry, you're, you, you're on me, your brother. You're on me, your brother. Sorry.
3: I'm probably the wrong person to ask about what I would do if I was in control of the league, because if I was in control of the league, I wouldn't give a fuck about what the TV contracts were saying. I'd say everybody needs a bye week to get this fucking behind them, man, to get this in full spectrum, because nobody's going to want to go out there and play right now. Nobody's going to want to do that. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they have one more week, it's usually a uh, give me week anyways, you know, if you were to give these boys a week to kind of just get their mind straight, you know, get themselves back in focus and focused and kind of, you know, be able to sort themselves out and get some physical and get some mental health going there, you know, get some help and stuff like that if they need it and just kind of, you know, because you don't want these guys going out there and, you know, just not thinking about what they need to be doing on game day. And I know for the Bills in particular, they just want to know what's going on with their friend, um, their teammate, their brother, all that. So, I mean, I if I was Commissioner Goodell, that's what I would do. But I know that's not logical. So I don't know what they're going to do about the game. I, all I know is that they're probably going to end up, you know, having to either tie it or, you know, wash it or something because, you know, it seems like there's no time for it. I mean, at least on the timeline they currently have. And and then at least for the my bad. go ahead. I was transitioning
0: to Nick. My bad. I thought you were done.
3: Yeah, you're good. I'm pretty <laughs> much done with that, anyways. Com-
1: Commissioner
0: Nick, what say you?
1: That is that's one way that they can go with it, Justin. That's probably the most the most logical. But I would say the NFL would most likely just give the Bills and the Bengals a draw. Just give them a, yeah. a tie. And then that way, because they're at this point, they were playing for seeding anyway, and they were already both in the playoffs. And if they both have have a tie, uh, it's not going to really affect them too much. They won't put them on another. Well, they okay, it could, it could. Um, they won't put them on a short week, obviously, because again, we're everybody and their mother is screaming for player safety. And then the worst thing to do. <laughs> In that response is to say, yeah. "Hey, go go and play two games in five in five days." No, that's yeah. that's that's not going to happen. So they would most likely just give them a give them a draw and then move on. And then, or can they feasibly push the entire season back one week for everybody? Because they're not going to do it just. Just for four teams, because you just can't say for two teams. It's got to be for four because they're not playing themselves. So it's going to be so all these other teams, uh, all these other logistics are going to be impacted as as well. But to tie it up neatly, uh, I would just um, I would just give them a draw and go to week eighteen.
0: Well, thanks for chiming in, Freddie Reyes. Um, Bills. Who's don't that? Do... I don't know who that is. Some some loser. Some he jokester. Says... <laughs> he says the Bills don't want to give up the number one seed and potentially have to play AFC Championship in KC. Got to play the game. I actually totally agree with Freddie. Um, You They have to play this game because you can't sit here and say, give them a tie, because then that puts a disadvantage on the Bills. Then you're punishing the Bills. Um, for necessarily for what, you know, in in the same respect, Cincinnati, they were up seven, three driving again. So in their mind, they're like, hell, we're about to smack these boys down. Um, you know, why are we taking a draw? Why are we taking a hit? So at the end of the day, conversationally wise, just looking at, you know, again, let's I'm taking the, taking the tragedy out of it. So just looking at it from that perspective, look. It's going to cause an issue if you say you're going to cause a tie. If you give somebody the win, they have to end up playing this game. You cannot tell me that with all the COVID crap that went on, that they do not have some kind of plan for this, some kind of strategy that they're going to have to extend this. So to me, you either extend the Super Bowl out a week or you just take out that two weeks um, that the teams get ready for it and just give it a week and just play, play ball. Um, that way you can definitely work this in and figure it out. Like you said, bringing the, I guess Nick lost his feet or didn't like what I was saying, but um, <laughs> the, you can definitely take the, um, you could it's kind of mess me up a little Nick. Um, you can definitely figure this out for, um, for conference and seating purposes um, because again, a lot in particular was riding on this game. Um, in particular. Um, All right, let's get on to the fantasy aspect of it. And let's put your league fantasy manager hat on, Justin. Now, as a fantasy manager, what kind of like ideas or what kind of, you know, things that you would you do here in this particular situation? Because I've heard everything and under the sun as far as what to do um, as fantasy wise. So what would you do as they say you're a commissioner of your league?
3: Well, the ideal situation is that they play the game and then you just manually add on the points and then you calculate it from there. Right. You only really have to do it for the championship game. Nobody cares about every other game on that one. So it'd be a pretty simple um, thing there. I mean, obviously, it affects people fantasy wise, probably pretty heavily because you got guys on both sides that, you know, could definitely affect the game. Um, I mean. That's the most logical way to do it. There's also the idea of maybe if they don't play the game, you use maybe like what their average was or something. I I don't really like that too much because you never know week to week. You know, these guys have bad games. They have good games. I had Justin Herbert in my lineup one week. He got me five points. Who's to say he wouldn't get five points that next week? You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's a little bit on the difficult side. And then there's always the idea of maybe just moving championship into a two week thing where you get eight week 18 involved with it, too. You know, so then you just kind of go, okay, plus that. But now I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting, um, to say the least. Um, you know, the ideas that you brought up definitely have been, again, hearing a lot of different aspects of it. Nick, how about you? What ideas have you heard or something that you like in particular for uh, deciding the championship?
1: Okay, uh, so I did hear the the average. Okay, so, um, well, before I go on, every possible solution is gonna be unfair to somebody so yes. so going Very so true. so going forward um, weeks I heard average I pitched maybe uh, go to your bench and then uh, someone said well, all right well that's gonna screw somebody because what if somebody had you're gonna penalize someone for picking the wrong wrong guy well that happens a lot and anyway so so doing a lot of research and just think thinking my own, the, I would do this use use the player's best week and manually plug that in. That way, you're going to maximize the points for the, for for that guy. Because, like to Justin's point, well, I'll use will use the average. Okay, well, I had uh, case in point. I have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was averaging tw- 25 points. <laughs> I think. Well, one one week he got a 10. Well, that's going to screw, screw me right right there. So. If, if for me, if I were the commissioner of a, of a league, uh, I couldn't do do the whole two-week thing because you don't know when they're going to play. And if the team does play, are they going to sit? All right. So I would say that what's most fair, you got two options. Number one, play it, play it straight. Play it straight and just tally up the points you had prior to the game, which is not great, but it's, it's fair. Or... Plug in the the maximum, the best players week um, and then do it that way. So,
0: yeah, like you said, no real fair option there because you now you bring up like projections, the average, like you could bring up what they projected this, to do in this particular matchup. But look, like to Justin's point, I plugged in Tom Brady in my championship lineup, you know, like, hey, he definitely got way more than he was projected for sure so that brings up that you know disadvantage to to the players um Or, you know, and here's another quick example. Like, you know, if you you brought up the two week thing, like, you know, this has to be on an individual basis. Cause like for an example in the league, I just brought up, I'm up 30 points. He has nobody else. I had uh, Chase McLaughlin left. So really it was just extra point. Am I really going to go into two weeks after I've already won? I don't think so. Um, So, you know, lots of, so there's lots, I think it really just goes to the individual Um, I guess, a league, if you will. And you guys really got to take a look at what's fair and what's really going on in the championship round. Um, I'm also in, I'm the commissioner of a dynasty league. And just some great examples that I'm actually in one. And I have, I was down 40. But I had Josh Allen and I had Jamar Chase. So here I am thinking, oh yeah, I'm definitely getting back up in here. And now I'm like, okay, what's what's gonna happen now? So, you know, again, there's so many different options. I would just my best advice to all of you is just get with your league and let wits wait it out a little bit. Don't make any big decisions yet, because we are waiting and see what the NFL says. Because if the NFL says, okay, listen, we're gonna move the Super Bowl back, like we mentioned, and then we're gonna play this game you know, next week and then, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they work out in that game ends up being played. As Justin said, that's the easiest way to, to figure this out. You know what? Cool. They're going to play that game. Those points go to that game. I don't care if it's week 19, whatever it may be, we're going to wait. That's when we crown our champion period. Um, So that's what I would do. I says as a commissioner, just wait and hold and see what the NFL says and then kind of play, play it forward there because the NFL is saying you're hearing a lot of talk of, well, we want to see what's up with the Mar. I want to see how he's feeling, da-da-da. Listen, De- Demar might not be feeling nothing. He might be out for weeks, so they don't know. They don't know um, what his condition is going to be. So I don't know if it's a great idea for the NFL to wait and see. I understand that they want to wait, and again – We talked about that earlier, being sensitive to the situation, but at the same time, the business goes forward. They need to figure out a plan going forward and they need to make that decision within the teams, of course, as well to respect their feelings. Also, as Justin brought out the mental um, health aspect of it, especially for them being they were on the field when all that happened. All right, let's 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 move on from the sadness, I guess, a little bit. Let's talk about if you are in that week, you know, again, we talked about teams that aren't playing, some are playing their starters. Let's talk about some waiver wire ads you might need to make. Nicky, we'll start with you, sir. Who you got for some uh cute uh some waiver wire? As start with cute quarterback.
1: Uh, why why not Huntley? Uh, he's 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 playing playing well. He's he's got a decent ma- matchup this this week. Uh, you you may be in flunks, and he's probably the best guy available on the waiver wire now. Coming off last last week's game. I would have said Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is probably not on the waiver wire anymore. So again, I would go with Huntley on this one. Yeah. It's tough.
0: Um, you know, again, make sure you're paying attention. If you are having to play into this week, teams like Minnesota, they're in the playoffs might not play much, not, not play their start as much. So, uh, the giants, another team, um, you know, again, look out for these guys that might be rested. Um, cause you ended up playing and getting to zero and then you're really screwed. Justin, how about you on the QB? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Brock Purdy. Um, I know he's going to be playing because they're going to be playing for that number one seed in the NFC. And he had 280 yards, two touchdowns last week. He looked really good. Um, Very impressed with him when I went to the game. And, you know, they've got no one else to play other than him. So he's obviously going to be out there. Uh, 49ers have a way to score with everybody on the field. So just go with Brock Purdy. I think he'll be good
0: ironically, you brought that up because last week I remember you saying, or I think it was the Sunday show, you're like, "Eh, Josh Johnson will be playing at halftime.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That
0: was funny. funny. I kept thinking about that when you were there at that game. It was funny. Jarrett Stidham um, had a good game against the 49ers. Speaking of that game, and guess who he gets this week? KC. He might not be a bad guy to pick up this week. He's playing for a job, so you know he's all out. Um, He's going to be all over the field trying to make plays, and this Kansas City defense is porous, to say the least so you know look for a good start and plug play with him mike white of course if he's out there you know how miami likes to bleed at the uh, cornerback position xavier and howard may not even play so this is going to be a great game to go to sunday uh davis white might, might not play but, yeah that's true too. davis mills uh somebody might might be his last start ever same with andy dalton against carolina yeah. who has no uh secondary at this point so a couple of guys they might end up wanting to plug in uh, at the QB range. All right, let's go to running back. Justin, what about you? Anyone you want to pick up this week?
3: Uh anyone I want to pick up this week. Let's see. I guess I might as well just go with I'll keep on the 49er train here. I'm gonna go with Jordan Mason. Christian McCaffrey picked up an injury stamp on his ankle. They don't really know what it is. might just be a little bit banged up from overusing him at this point. But I would imagine the 49ers feel very confident going against the Cardinals. So they'll probably end up seeing a lot of Jordan Mason. He did have the game um, at the time, game-leading uh, drive, the little touchdown there. So I think you might see a little bit more of him going into Week 18, maybe a little preparation for him going into the playoffs.
1: I like it, Nick, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a straight from. I'm going to go with Alexander Madison, and the, re- the reason why I'm going to go with Alexander Madison is because Vikings are in, so they're probably going to arrest Dal- Dalvin Cook. So here- so who comes to the rescue? Alexander Madison. And every time Alex- pretty much every time Alexander Madison gets in, he gets you at least 100 yards and a score. So if you want 16 points, Madison's your man.
0: Yeah, there's a few guys out there you might want to take a look at. Zach Moss, if he's out there, obviously he's got Houston. That's a tasty matchup for sure. Matt Breida, Saquon Barkley, mentioned him earlier, might be taking a rest. He could be a good plug and play for you. Keyshawn Vaughn, Bucks, that's another team, maybe resting their starters. Guess what? They got Atlanta. Nice, juicy matchup. Could be a good play. Corey Clement, Arizona tough matchup though and 49ers are out to play but again if you need someone Joshua Kelly I know Denver is a decent run defense but with no Austin Eckler possibly or at least resting him later they really have nothing to play for right now um and you brought up Madison so I like that receiver wise
1: Nick who you got uh I'm gonna go with Kadarius Tony he's he's having a nice connection now with uh Patrick Mahomes and he's only in uh roster in 33 percent rostered uh I know he's I know he gets the injury bug, but when he's in there, he he play, plays well, and he's actually becoming the, the favorite next to uh, Elsie. All right. I like you. Justin, how about you?
3: Um, Let's see. You know what? Let's see who I have as my guy. I'll go Donovan Peoples-Jones if he's out there. He was out there for a little bit because people were losing faith in this Browns offense. They're coming out now. And Donovan Peoples-Gone's got a touchdown last week, and he's looking pretty decent with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback as Deshaun's getting more and more comfortable.
0: Yeah, Mari Cooper had his breakout game last week, too, so this offense, man, got. Ex- I think it looks a little exciting for next year with Kareem Hunt possibly gone as well. Um, Nick Chubb looks like a nice play also next year, so expect some big things from him. Um, receiver-wise, you guys brought pretty much the, what I wrote down was pretty much everyone's picked up already. Rashid Shaheed we've talked about a million times. Got a good matchup, though, against Carolina. Jahan Dotson, if he's not picked up, crazy. Traylon Burks actually might be a decent play against Jacksonville. You got Greg Dorch, Richie James, and Chris Moore playing in Indy. Um, tight end-wise, whatever. I mean, you could just stream whoever. I'm not going to bring up that because, you know, it's just basically whoever at this point. Um, let's go defense, guys. You got a streaming D this week, Justin?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Seahawks. Seahawks defense against the Rams. Uh, They've been pretty sucky for a long time now. I mean, ever since the 49ers game, they've been pretty sucky. But the Rams have been worse on offense. So let's go. Faker Mayfield gets his last hurrah with the Rams before he either hits free agency or the bench. And the Seahawks are going to take it to him in Seattle.
0: I cannot every time I hear that cheese it commercial. I cannot, with the, che- the cheese is like, I woke up feeling cheesy, coach. I can't <laughs> <laughs> think of Baker
1: Mayfield. That's hilarious. Nick, what say you, friend? Who are you, who are you streaming this week? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the uh, LA Chargers. They just came came off a nice, nice big big win. Uh, they got a relatively easy ma- matchup this week. Uh, they're playing solid defense, and they are trying to uh, advance their seeding into the playoffs. So, so go Chargers. Yeah, I like the Chargers. They've been hot as of late playing
0: Denver. You know, Russell Wilson played good last week. But, you know, hey, like I said, I finally called a decent game for Russ last week. But it was just after. Oh, it after, took you 17 you know, times. 17. Yeah. <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> one New time. Orleans, one remember time. that one I time. You all
1: wrote it down. At I'm gonna, band
0: camp. camp. I'm going I'm sure to frame, frame the video somewhere. Um New Orleans versus Carolina. They, if they're out there, it could be a decent matchup. Minnesota at Chicago. Um, We know Minnesota's defense bad, but there may be no Justin Fields. So make sure you look out for that. Could be a decent little streaming option for you with no Justin Fields because what else do they have at this point? And Cleveland, they've been hot. We've been talking about their defense been hot as late too. They are playing Pittsburgh, who's got a lot to play for, but they could be a nice streaming option for you as well. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you again. Our thoughts and prayers, of course. Excuse me, with DeMar Hamlin, we do. We are thinking of you. Um, we are thinking of you and your family, and our prayers are out there for you, and we hope all the best and recovery for you as well. Um, tomorrow, we're going to try to move forward and talk about big game Wednesday. We're going to have Lions versus Packers. Oh, my, and a great Sunday night matchup. Great debate tomorrow night. We'll bring up some starts and sits for you as well for the weekend. And then, of course, we'll move on to Sunday or, excuse me, Saturday. You're going to wake up with TSS and we're going to bring it all to you then. So until then, appreciate Brian's uh big input tonight. We appreciate you guys and we are out.
3: We're
0: on a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a mission, a mission,
1: guys. Yeah, that's what it is.